Hello, and welcome back to episode 18 of the Fit Fizz podcast. I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, to give you knowledge for making the smartest decisions for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. In this episode, I want to talk to you about the top 10 most valuable things I've learned in my journey of self-treating, reversing, and healing autoimmune disease. In a sense, these are some victories to celebrate, and I want to share them with you so that you can learn from my mistakes. Before we start, I want to state that the information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the contents should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And if you're driving right now, skip this next part. But if you're not driving, please go and leave a review for the podcast wherever you listen as we get started. And it would truly help me out. And I'm going to do a giveaway very soon for anyone who leaves a review. So and hopefully it'll be a positive one. (laughs) And if you do it now, then you won't have to worry about it later. So I'm going to do this in like a countdown style as you leave your review for the show. So let's get started. Top 10 things that I've learned in my autoimmune disease recovery. Number 10 is that muscle wasting is very real. It's sometimes called myopathy. It's a common thing in people with hypothyroidism, as well as many other autoimmune conditions. Skeletal muscle is a main target of thyroid hormone signaling. And although a lot of the underlying causes of muscle weakness in Hashimoto's are not fully understood yet, in hindsight, I can see that the Last couple years of competing as a powerlifter, there were definitely signs of this and other ways that my body simply couldn't keep up. I was squatting and deadlifting over twice my body weight, and even though I wanted huge muscular legs, they never grew. And this is a hormonal thing all related to Hashimoto's, and it's connected to the T3 thyroid hormone. So In a sense, once I learned that this was one of my symptoms, which is totally reversible, by the way, I it kind of made me feel a lot better that I wasn't doing anything wrong because I had previously been so frustrated that I couldn't get my muscles to grow. It's just that my body was not chemically able to do what I wanted it to do because of what was going on with my thyroid hormones. And as I start training again, I'm excited to be my own science experiment and hopefully see some actual growth. What's super interesting about this too is that all of these symptoms can be reversed, but they're also related to gene expression or epigenetics. So that means that let's say five or six years ago when things were already going downhill for me, but I didn't really realize it yet, if I were to get pregnant and have a baby without knowing all of this, I would pass on these weakened genes to a baby. But with all of the work I'm doing to make sure that all of my hormones are optimized and doing lab testing and reversing all of these issues, if I had a baby now, I'd probably have a much healthier baby now than I would have five or six years ago. Um, 
Number nine on my list, the prevalence of food sensitivities is definitely something I really learned about. Uh, For me, the worst culprit was gluten, a non-celiac gluten sensitivity, followed by sugar and several other foods. But um, here's an interesting thing. When I was prepping for my bikini competition, I was eating a mostly vegan diet. And my main source of protein was from something called seitan. And the main ingredient in that is gluten. I literally had an 80 pound bag of it in my house because I ate so much of it. Um, it's a it, it's called wheat gluten and you mix it with other ingredients to create this uh, protein type of food. And it's interesting that I did that back then and then suddenly had this sensitivity a few years later. And now I realize that that is logical. That can happen. Your body, if you eat too much of one food, your body can definitely develop a sensitivity to it. Um, The gluten had all kinds of negative side effects on my body, and I really don't miss gluten. Once in a while, you know, I have those cravings, like I'd love to just have a hamburger with a regular bun on it. But considering how much better I feel, I really don't miss it. Um, And since this is a non-celiac sensitivity, it can be reversed and Hopefully, I will be getting to that soon in 2019. People, especially my peers in strength sports like powerlifting, will continue to make fun of it and everything gluten-free, but that's okay. They only make fun of it because they don't understand it, and I'm fine with that. But I do have to, once again, state and emphasize that going gluten-free is not a weight loss plan. It only affects people if it's only going to affect you if you are sensitive to it. So I do have a newfound appreciation for the struggles that so many people face with very real food sensitivities. As part of my own vision with FitFizz, I will be helping people learn how to reverse certain food sensitivities um, when it's possible. And it's not possible in everybody, but again, more on that another time. So number eight on the things that I've learned, I've learned to adjust prior ways of thinking. And that includes things like some phrases that you've probably heard or seen, like, if it's important to you, you'll make time or no days off or give me all the carbs and other phrases along those lines. I've learned that things like that are not helpful and it's fine if others want to say them. But for me as a coach, you probably won't hear me saying those things moving forward. A lot of that comes from when I was at my lowest point, feeling so overwhelmed with what felt like six massive priorities happening all at the same time while my health and ability to function was failing me. I got to a point where number one, exercise went to the bottom of my priority list and I was forced to accept that. And number two, Exercise would have actually been bad for my health at a certain point when I was at like stage three or stage four adrenal fatigue. So it really helped me to let go of some of those not so accepting things that I used to say in regards to a fitness lifestyle. And I realized that my experiences are not out of the ordinary. And I want to be here for people who are feeling at their wits end with trying to manage life without someone telling them, eat all the carbs, if they might be suffering from an undiagnosed digestive issue. And that falls right in line with what I have for number seven, which is I've learned to be more accepting of others. 
Partly this is because of living through some pretty scary health stuff that woke me up to what many people suffer through with chronic illnesses. And um, this also comes into play because of the times I felt not accepted myself by people who I previously thought were friends. I think that I'm just beginning to learn to use my empathy to help and support others while also not letting it drain me because that's very important. And that can also be tricky. And it might take me a while longer to really find that perfect balance. But that also leads me to number six on the things that I've learned. It forced me to have a new type of relationship with myself. And I know that sounds super cliche, but hear me out. Okay. (laughs) So what I mean by that, having a new relationship with myself, well, it's a lot of things, but I learned new ways of self-acceptance. But I also learned to embrace the facts that I am a feeler. I'm an empath. I'm a highly sensitive person. I feel a lot. And I'm also an introvert, not to be confused with shyness. And that all of those things are not bad things. Most of my life, I carried pretty heavy shame around those things because I was always hearing people say things to me like, stop crying, or it's not that serious, or it's not a big deal. But I feel what I feel. I cry. I cry at happy things, at sad things. My eyes leak over any emotion under the sun. And I'm finally embracing that as a good quality and I'm no longer going to feel bad about it. I like to feel things deeply. And to me, I feel like I experience life at a deeper level than some people who don't feel so deeply. And I'm never going to let that get me down ever again. Expressing myself helps me to connect with others. And if I wasn't this type of person, I wouldn't be feeling it in my soul right now that I'm on the right path to help other people. Going through the pain of autoimmune disease forced me to have my own back in ways that I never had before. It forced me to be mentally stronger than I have ever been while simultaneously being in the being physically and mentally in the weakest states I had ever been in. It was scary and hard and dark and lonely. And at times there was no one there to comfort me. I couldn't afford basic things like food and taking care of my health. So it taught me a lot in those ways too. I became a lot more resilient. I learned how to be a better decision maker by listening to my body because logic wasn't always reliable when I had such severe brain fog. My muscles might have been wasting away, but I'm certainly a lot stronger now. Plus, I plan to gain all that muscle back. So this is also sort of related to number five of the top 10 things I've learned. Number five is boundaries. This includes a lot of things again, but mainly it means putting myself first and not wavering in doing what I know is best for me, along with all of the physical health stuff, which had my mind jumping off all kinds of cliffs. There was a big part of mental change that happened alongside it, and it was not accidental. It was very intentional. I did a lot of learning from mental health professionals and a whole lot of very deep introspection. And 
I was someone who I did not recognize for quite a long period of time. So that had me questioning everything about my life, my mind, my intentions, my relationships with everyone I knew, my actions, my boundaries. And I knew it was up to me to figure that out. And I've always kind of struggled a little bit with standing up for myself in a comfortable way, um, standing up for my own boundaries with, because previously I was always overcome by this massive guilt. And um, somebody, I think it was Terry Cole, who pointed out that guilt for things you shouldn't feel guilty about is nothing but ego. And wow, when I heard that, that changed a lot for me because that feels kind of gross, right? To be realize like that's coming from an, an egotistical place. So I've learned a ton about boundaries from her. And it's important to realize that when you set boundaries, you might make a lot of people mad. You might lose friends. People might make incorrect assumptions, but that's none of your business if you're doing what's best for you. What they think is none of your business. So learning that and embracing that has been priceless for me. Along with that comes not apologizing when it's not necessary. That's been a really hard habit for me to break, but it feels so good to stop doing it. And I know that I'm doing the best that I can and that's all that matters. If someone thinks otherwise, that's their business, not mine. If they misunderstand me, I don't need to waste my precious energy explaining myself because I know that in my heart, I always operate from a place of integrity. And having boundaries means I can freely put rest first above everything else. And if someone else has feelings over the fact that I'm putting my health first, then they're not my people. They're free to exit my life. And the ones who are there and accepting, understanding, and respectful of my boundaries, well, if you're listening, I appreciate you so much more than ever. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. All right, moving on to number four of the things that I've learned. Number four is I have a much greater caution with doctors. And by that, I mean general practitioners in the traditional sense of the word, doctors with an MD behind their name. They have their place. They're great if you've got a broken bone, but I see them in a whole different light than I used to. And I hope that by listening to my other podcast episodes, you'll start to widen your view on that as well. I realize more than ever how messed up it is that we are told to trust doctors, yet most of them simply sign a prescription to give you a chemical-laden pill that masks your symptoms, and all that will do is just hide it for a while until the symptoms multiply and you feel worse than you did before because they're not getting to the root cause of the issue. And as I've said before, regular doctors will act like natural options don't even exist for reversing autoimmune conditions and other diseases. And that's why people continue to suffer. And that is the case because it's not their area of expertise. That's where functional medicine blows regular doctors out of the water. So if you're seeing a regular doctor for something and they keep prescribing you prescription after prescription and you're not feeling better, and they're not addressing all of your issues, and if something still isn't right, it doesn't make sense to keep trying the same route that has already left you disappointed. So I really hope to spread that message 
because that's one of the things I've learned. I've had regular doctors steer me wrong for about 10 years. And once I woke up to this whole other world, you bet I was mad. I was really mad. One of the main blood tests for beginning to understand thyroid issues is the test for reverse T3, and it is not even approved by the FDA. So doctors will never order this lab, regular doctors. Functional medicine doctors will because it's not covered by insurance. But you can do this on your own. You can start getting answers. And I also have a lab testing page on my website that can help you figure out where how to do lab testing on your own. Um, too many people hear their doctors say, you're fine or you're normal or you're just depressed. Here's a pill. And there's so much more you can do on your own to take action to feel better on your own. And that pretty much covers what I have down for number three, which was learning to get, track, and optimize my own lab tests. So moving to number two, top 10 things that I've learned. Number two is that the nervous system and tissues in the body can hold on to trauma for years, decades, or even passed on via birth of new generations if it is not addressed. This is something I don't consider myself to be an expert on, but I do know that it's very true. Once I started learning about it, so many more things began to make sense. A lot of people with autoimmune conditions and Hashimoto's thyroiditis have some kind of significant trauma in their past, and I am no exception. I've been through sexual assault from a complete stranger abusive relationships, narcissistic abuse, multiple job losses. And those things definitely add up to dysfunction in the body if it's not taken care of. Um, you have to do things to release these traumas from the tissues in your body. There's even a saying in that industry of experts that your issues are in your tissues. And I know this might sound really woo-woo and out there to some of you, but I hope that you'll just try to open your mind a little bit and stick around until I do an entire episode explaining the science behind this. Yes, there is actual science. And last of all, the number one thing that I've learned from this whole journey and healing from autoimmune disease is drumroll, learning to allocate my energy in new ways. Sometimes that means taking the path of least resistance when I previously would have put up an energized battle over something. And that also means that always working harder doesn't deserve all the glory that it gets. And it also means not giving in to people who are arm twisters when it comes to social events like, oh, come on, you're not going to stop by. Nope. It's not happening. And if people act that way, I'm done with them. I won't stand for it because that's a blatant disrespect of my time, my energy, and my health as well. And I don't want to be friends with people who are a cause of making me feel depleted. And I've learned a lot more about what it means to be mindful and present in the moment. I can't make as much time as I used to for as many people as I used to, but I'm a much better and much happier person because of it. Now, I know that many of you listening struggle to find more energy. We're all pulled in so many directions. If you're a busy professional who is struggling to find time to work, take care of family, be active, plan meals, um, plan healthy meals, and also make time for your VIP section in life, 
please keep sticking around because if that's you, you are my people and I am here to help you. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope the rest of your week is full of energy. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.